Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Out of Water podcast, hosted by myself, Frankie. It is the 3rd of the 3rd, 2022. I still can't quite get used to the 2022 thing. It just sounds really futuristic. I remember when I was a kid and you'd look into the future and you'd kind of put this sort of a a timestamp on crazy things happening. (laughs) And let's be honest, crazy things are unfortunately happening. Um, I want to kind of start this week's podcast by talking about the elephant in the room, really. I'd be a bit ignorant not to talk about it. So obviously things have kind of hit the fan with Ukraine and Russia, um, with uh, President Putin going absolutely bananas. And yeah, things are really ugly. And things are quite scary. And by quite scary, I mean very scary. I feel so sorry for the people that are heavily affected by this crazy, outdated action, really. To think that some man thinks they can just invade another country is just diabolical beyond belief. But that's where we are. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it. I just want to make people aware of it and just want people to know my thoughts on it. I think it's barbaric. I think it's very dehumanizing. I think it's disgusting beyond belief. And I genuinely have hours and hours and hours of lack of sleep worrying about it, you know. It's a horrible situation. Absolutely horrible. It's diabolical. Um, And like I said, it just seems so caveman-like just to think you can just invade another country and take it over because of your beliefs. It's just, it's barbaric and I hate everything about it. But that's really all I want to say on it. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to attach a link or two directly to this week's episode below so whatever you're listening to this podcast on if you go over and find um and find the description of this week's podcast you'll find relevant links that i'll have checked and verified to be safe and kosher and you can obviously donate to the right people in need right now and let's just all get together and kind of hope for the better outcome for everybody in this it's very messy um innocent people lose lives in the crossfire and it's just barbaric i know i've said that like three times but it's so barbaric um and i just hope beyond all hope something can be there's some happy medium here you know because right now it's just disgusting and it's really scary but i don't want to make the podcast too much of a sad thing i did say i'd never talk politics and stuff like that on the podcast for the simple reason there's enough of that thrown down your throat on social media every day so i don't want to go too far into it but just know my heart goes out to the people um they're obviously innocently caught up in this fucking mess it's just disgusting and i hope for better days i really do anyway hearts with you all links below if you can donate something then please donate something from as little as a pound to a five or whatever you've got it really can make a huge difference right now to people's lives that are in absolute dire straits yeah there we go i really felt like i needed to say that so um anyway how's everybody been i hope everybody outside of that madness is doing okay um i've had a busy week as always but i love busy weeks i love routine i think the older i get the more routine i like um a little bit of a cold going on by the way so a few sniffles every now and again ain't never hurt nobody um but i've been obviously enjoying my basketball still i've been on the road with the blazers again the derby trailblazers um i've had a great week and i've also begun volunteering with the um with the academy as well. So the Derby Trailblazers Academy, I've been actually helping out there and giving a couple of hours every Saturday morning to kind of better the future of basketball in Derby. And dare I say it, we're doing it well. (laughs) I'm so proud that um, my local club is the Blazers because they do it really, really well. Everybody involved there plays a real key part in keeping the cogs turning. And it's so humbly and warming to see 
that it how community involved it is as well. So yeah, I'm having really good fun with it. I mean, I, <laughs> I have had a few questions, which has been quite funny. Um, so obviously, I'm I'm helping out with the youngsters. So I think it's four and up. I believe it might be yeah about four and up. So the little kids have got a lot of questions in regards to my white cane. They're like, "What? What's that all about? What are you doing with that?" I seen you coming in this morning. What's it about? And it's my opportunity to have a little bit of fun. Um, I usually correct them at the end, but I normally tell them all sorts of things. From oh, I'm searching for treasure. This is my metal detector. I'm looking for treasure, and they're like, oh, "Wow, really?" Or <laughs> well, then I tell them, then I tell them also another one I like doing <laughs> is I go, "It's an egg." It's an egg on a stick, and I've got to keep it with me because eventually it's going to hatch into a dog. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to hatch out and be a dog because I'm on a waiting list for a guide dog. <laughs> so then a couple of years down the line, when they see me walking down the road with the dog, I'll go, oh, did it hatch? And I'll go, yep, here it is, look. <laughs> now, I do usually stand and correct them afterward. It's just a bit of fun. But I, I quite like kids. I like the innocence of kids. Um, their approach is just so pure. Um, they don't mince the words, and I like it. So this one boy goes to me uh, last week. He was like, so what does that do then? And I'm like, well, I can't see like you can, so I kind of need this to know where I'm going. He says, but how does it work? I goes, well, it's designed for me to not walk into things and me to hit things with my cane beforehand so I know things are there. And he was like, what happens if you got it by a bus after you've walked out in the road? I'm like, well, that's just called bad luck. <laughs> I just love them. They do not mince their words. And I found that I really kind of gel with them as well because I've got young kids myself. I've got three kids, um, two of which are grown, one of which is still quite young. And I just love the innocence of kids. I just love that they don't mingle the words and they just say it how it is. And it's really nice to see when you're working with this, this age range in particular, it's really nice to see when you've got a youngster on your hands that's got real drive and passion for the game. And they're so ball greedy and they're so determined to get the basket. And it's just so rewarding. And obviously, I hope I can play some small uh, significant part in that. And um, I feel blessed to be part of it all. So if by some small chance anybody involved with the club actually hears this, thank you. A massive thank you. Because um, although now I'm volunteering my time with you um, on a Saturday morning and obviously supporting my team, you guys have done a lot for me as well. So thank you. Because... Um, yeah, you've really helped me overcome my own insecurities and kind of get a bit more of a social life again. So dilly dilly to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, anyway, outside of that, um, what else have I got going on? Uh, Pancake Day, wasn't it? It was Shrove Tuesday, a Tuesday of Shroveness. Um, that was on Tuesday, obviously, hence the name. Uh, but we actually did that yesterday on Wednesday um, because we're all just busy on the Tuesday, really busy. So we decided to like move it along one day. And I just we had a bit of a laugh about it because it's become a bit of a war in this house. Who can eat the most pancakes? <laughs> now I'm the sucker that ends up making them from scratch. And I know pancakes aren't exactly tricky to tricky to make, but when you spend about two hours, two and a half hours just doing nothing but flipping pancakes, it becomes flipping annoying, you know. <laughs> so I literally spent so much time making pancakes for everybody, and it was great fun. And uh, my oldest boy. Um, and my my oldest daughter have this bit of a, a, a bit of a rivalry every year of who can beat who and eat the most. Uh, I think the first year they did it properly, they drew. They both tapped out at about five pancakes. Um, the second year, I think my son won. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Josh won. And then this year, Josh won again, and Josh took great pride in rubbing it in Ella's face. 
Like, yeah, you ain't beating me. <laughs> but it's just so funny how something so innocent like pancake making and enjoying a pancake with the family has become some sort of um, <laughs> like battle every year. It's just so comical. But yeah, it has become quite the it has become quite the um, the competition in our house, and it is quite comical that it has become that. Um, I've also been still off social media. I don't know if you listened to the podcast in the beginning of the year, but I decided over the Christmas break and period just to take some serious time away from social media. Um, I don't think I was addicted to it, but it was definitely a part of my day-to-day routine. Um, so much so that I found myself waking up in the morning and checking my inbox and getting back to people. And it just kind of started to consume me. Um, and I found myself quite lethargic and lazy to do things that I needed to do. So I decided for my own mental state just to get away from it for a little bit. And whilst the majority of people have been really supportive about that, there's one person or there's someone that really doesn't like you stepping away from social media. And do you know who that is? It's social media. <laughs> the amount of inbox messages I get on email like from Facebook going, oh, your friend so-and-so has uploaded a picture. Do you want to see the picture? And you go, not really, but go on then. And he goes, well, you've got to log back in and come back to Facebook to see the picture. It's really easy. Just press this button here. And I think, no, fuck off. You're not tricking me back in. (laughs) I'm having a fucking break. Gee, we were on a break. Leave me alone, Facebook. And then Facebook goes, oh, well, same time tomorrow. I'll try again. And then the next half an hour, Instagram goes, oh, you know that friend from school that you never speak to? And you go, yeah. Well, they've just uploaded a, po- a picture on Instagram. Do you want to know what that is? No, I don't want to know what it is. Leave me alone, you bastard. It's ridiculous. Social media doesn't want you to be without social media. It really doesn't. I mean, the only social I'm on at the moment is I watch YouTube. I'm not really participating too much on YouTube right now. Um, And Twitter because Twitter is my avenue where I check everything out, news base and stuff like that, and I just keep up with the world the best I can. So I am still over there. There has been a few of you who have found me as well, which is quite nice because I get a few inbox messages from a few of you. Um, although I don't get straight back to them, I do get back to people. So if you are one of the few that has decoded the bunk of uh, Twitter and found me over on there, um, thank you for doing so. Thanks for checking in. I get some lovely messages asking me if I'm doing okay and how things are going. Things are great, honestly. Things are going good. I'm just, I think I didn't I didn't give myself nearly enough time to come to accept my health. Um, I just kind of thought, well, let's carry on. And I was very public about my surgeries. I was very public and open about the breaks that I was having in regards to recouping after the surgeries. But in all honest truth, I just wasn't giving myself nearly enough time to make sense of it in my head. You can be physically on the surface okay, um, but the aftermath mentally can really fuck you up, to be quite blunt. It really can mess you up. And I think definitely that was my thing. It was almost like a, this sounds really over the top and exaggerated, but I had to kind of like mourn the sight loss before I could make sense of it. Um, And I'm I'm still working on it now. I think I always will be. Because some days, as crazy as it is, you wake up and forget how bad your eyes are because you're in half-sleepy mode and you jump out of bed and then you realise, oh, shit, I just walked and stubbed my toe on that door. Or, oh, dear, and then you trip down the stairs. <laughs> and then you remember, Frankie, give yourself a minute, mate, you're as blind as a bat. And then you're like, oh, okay, of course, yeah, eye issues. 
it's really easy to forget. It really is. And I know that sounds crazy, but it really is. I was in the car the other day, not driving, don't worry. <laughs> but I was sat in the car the other day in the car park, um, just chilling, waiting for the wife to come back to the car. And I was looking around at people, just taking things for granted. I looked around. I wasn't bitter about it. I wasn't something like, yeah, bastard, you can see better than I can. I hope you trip over and drop your eggs. Nothing like that. But I was thinking, my God, isn't it crazy how we just take everything for granted? I mean, you look at one person who looks happy-go-lucky on top of the world, but you don't know what is going on behind the door, do you? You don't know what's going on in his own life and in his own mind. He could be having the worst time of his life ever. He might just be betraying himself to be doing good. And I think I was definitely guilty of that, you know. I just didn't give myself nearly enough time. So the social media break has been a blooming blessing. It really has. But there's one person that don't like you leaving social media, and that's social media itself. But I don't think it's important. I think TikTok's a big issue, you know. I don't think people quite realize how big of an issue TikTok's become in most people's lives. A lot of people use it, myself included, before I had the break. And um, you can easily rinse half an hour to an hour, if not longer, just scrolling, watching bullshit dances and watching bullshit nonsense. And you're just wasting your life, essentially. And the next thing you know, you look at the time and you think, oh, shit, I need to do this now. And I just, I couldn't help but think to myself, couldn't I be doing something more pro proactive, something more better for my own mental well-being than sat on my arse with a coffee, um, watching video after video after video after video? Because, yeah, there's got to be more to it than that, surely. But there you go. That's another big reason why I stepped away. Um, anything else I've been up to? Um I've got the guide dog half marathon thing coming up, which I can really do your help with. Um, let me just really talk about this real briefly. So you, some of you already know, but I am participating. Um, is, it, is it April, May? It's May, isn't it? Yeah, May. I think it's May. I forgot when it is. Soon, anyway. <laughs> I'm participating in the London Landmarks Half Marathon um me and my good lady are going to participate in that now obviously i can't run it because for one i'm massively unhealthy and for two i need a white cane at the moment to get around so i'm walking it at a good pace um i'm committed to it you know and i'm doing it in the name of guide dogs um so guide dogs i'm on the list for a guide dog as many of you already know um and they've been great they really helped me out a lot they really helped me out in the time of need you know so i think it's the very least i can do i've set myself a target of 350 i need about 350 and i'm not too far off so if you want to be that last person that just pushes me over that little that little barrier to hit that 350 um please do so you can find all the information below You'd also find it on my social media. Ooh, don't worry, just my Twitter. <laughs> You'll find it over on there as well. But yeah, if you can help me hit that 350 mark, that would be great. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter, believe it or not, you've already helped. Even if you didn't want to, you've helped. Because I'm donating two months of money from my um, Patreon supporters directly into the into the kitty. And then he said the pity. <laughs> And directing it into the pity. Now it's going straight into the kitty, and that's going to be your guys' way of like pushing me on. So thank you all so much. Um, and yeah, what else have we been doing? And that's about it. That sums up my week pretty much. Uh, talked about volunteering, talked about social media wanting me back, talked about the London Half Marathon. Again, if you can support, that'd be great. Talked about the Pancake Day feud, talked about uh, the Russian situation, and I've spoke about the kids asking me about my cane 
Yes, I'm on top of my checklist today. So there we go. Let's move on to the first part of the podcast after the little introduction. Uh, but actually, before we do that, there's one more thing I'd really like to talk to you guys about. Um, and it is quite simply a one a one question. How are you doing? How are you? I want to know sincerely how you're all doing. Um, I've got quite an army of followers now and listeners, and I'm so blessed that you guys come over and hopefully have a chuckle each week when I do my podcast. But I want to know how you're doing. I want to know where you are, what you're about, who you are, and what you're bloody doing in the first place. Now, I want to hear all about you. I want to, know, I want to get to know my audience. So how do you listen to the podcast? Do, what, what platform do you use? Let me know. Please reach out at outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. And there's a few things I want to bounce off you in regard to the podcast. If you do email me, I'm going to be very likely to bounce a few questions with you, if that's okay. So I will give you a brief rundown of the possible changes coming, um, just to receive your feedback. Now, um, I was contacted by Anchor, who I actually used to create this podcast in the first place. And they were telling me about an update that's coming, or has might have even arrived, where I can do videos they complement my podcast. So there'll basically be a camera in front of me and I'll be, it'll be recording the session basically. Um, so you'll be able to see the podcast as well as listen to it. Now, I don't know how exciting that sounds. I'm literally just sat here sipping a cup of tea, having a drink of water and just talking about silly things in the news, you know. So I don't know if there's a massive demand for it, if I'm totally honest. The more I think about it, the more I put myself off the idea. Um, I've spoke to the right sort of people that, that, to make it happen. It's not completely impossible, but would that be something that you guys would do? Would you watch the podcast in place of listen to it? Now, me personally, I don't watch a lot of podcasts. Even the Joe Rogan experience, I listen to it. I don't really watch it um, unless it's something really like there's a guest on that's really important of some sort. So I don't know if the demand's even there. And if the demand isn't there as of right now, it is something we can obviously explore in the future. It doesn't have, have to happen overnight. Now, just to clarify, it doesn't mean that you'd have to watch the podcast if I decide to do videos as well. It would just mean it would be there as an extra complimentary thing if you wanted to use it. So you'd still be able to listen. Um, however you listen, you'd still be able to listen. It wouldn't restrict me in any way, shape or form. But I would like your feedback. So again, outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Give me some feedback. Let me know. If you've got any ideas as well, again, reach out. Let me know. Um, and the second thing and the final thing I want to talk about is the possibility of bringing in music to the podcast. Now, um, I can't remember who it was, but one of my listeners emailed me a while ago and said, have you ever thought about doing it a bit more like a radio station where you play music and jump in at intervals and crack a few jokes, then play more music. And at first I was a bit like, well, that sounds like something I'd listen to in the car. I thought, well, that might not be a bad idea. But I don't think I want to do that where it's more music than me talking. I like the sound of my own voice. Clearly, clearly far too much for that. <laughs> but no, seriously, how would you feel about maybe having a song on the way in? So how we'd start the podcast is we'd play a song then after that song's finished, I'll do my podcast. And then at the end of the podcast, I'll go, here's one from the classic 80s or whatever. And then I play a classic song to sign out on. How does that sound? Now, I don't see how that can be a bad thing. Surely it's going to be a good thing. But again, feedback is everything from you guys. I don't want to upset any of my listeners. So do let me know. The only thing is that probably would limit me as to where I could play the podcast. Because at the moment, 
Um, I believe if you do add music to the podcast, it automatically makes your podcast a Spotify exclusive podcast. So is that something that would put you off? How do you listen to the podcast? Again, let me know, outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Big breath, and off we go into the first part of the podcast, which is the news. It's the news of the week. Just have a little bit of a drink, and then we'll get on with it. So, uh, the first one, the first story this week is quite comical. It was actually shared from a good friend of mine, Nick. Hello, Nick, if you're listening. Um, He was actually over for a coffee, and... He's seen this story and he was like, oh my God, have you seen this? And I was like, please send me that for the podcast. And he did. So this one has actually kind of been sent in from a listener. My best mate, Nick. Hello, Nick. (laughs) So the headline reads, it's bananas. Uh, Woman with Britain's biggest eyebrows told she's not fit to be a mum. Now, I think that was a bit extreme, to be perfectly honest. But so are her fucking eyebrows, honestly. They're like two car parks. (laughs) She's doing this for clout. She can't be serious with these eyebrows. I'm sorry. I won't name the lady because I'm sure she's had enough being flacked in the media as of late. But a woman with the biggest eyebrows in Britain has been told she's not fit to be a mother by people online. Don't worry about what people online say. They say all sorts of shit. But anyway, the lady who's 27 painted on her eyebrows around a year ago in a bid to stand out more from the crowd, but has since been trolled online and laughed at on the street. The woman of two says strangers have even reported her to the social services. What for? I mean, big fucking eyebrows. Um, but the defiant the defiant young lady from Lincolnshire stressed that she's not bothered, or she's probably said, I ain't bothered, um, about the accusations, and says that she's got nothing to hide, especially not them fucking eyebrows. Uh, speaking to the media, the full-time mum said people have said I shouldn't be a mum and they're going to ring social services because of my eyebrows. It gets really extreme, especially on the internet. They can go and call social services. Social services. They can go and call social services for all I care because I've got nothing to hide, sister. Uh, my eyebrows don't determine whether I'm a good mother or not. They don't. I have to agree with Amy Duck. But those eyebrows are mental. They're literally like the width of three fingers. They're massive. I wish to God this would be good. You see, this was where this would be where video uh, where videos come good in the podcast. So yeah, another idea. I could actually show things, couldn't I? But yeah, they're ridiculous. I'm, I'm only assuming she's doing it for a bit of a laugh, or at least I hope she is. And I assume that she's just doing it for a bit of clout as well. But they they are they're mon- they're just yeah they're mental they're mental beyond belief. Uh, anyway, um, so the massive eyebrow, she's got the piss took out of her forum. Some people have taunted the bizarre fashion statement and said, um, what did she say? I've lost, I've lost my train of thought there completely. Where, what, where was I? Here we go. So young girls will laugh at me in the street and I've had their couple, I've had a couple of times that they do it to themselves. I mean, like laugh amongst themselves. I assume they mean by that. The worst comments are online. I get horrible comments about my ma- my makeup, and they also take the mick out of my teeth too. Uh, trolling doesn't affect me now. I'm trying to raise awareness to the fact that these pe- that people can be different. I'm all for it. I am. I'm all for it. I love it. But they do. I'm not. I can't. I'm probably being a horrible twat here, but I wish to God you could see this. 
I really do. I think she's doing it for a laugh. She's doing it for attention. I don't think she's doing it to be different. I genuinely think she's doing it to be a bit of a clout chaser. Anyway, that that's that story. It's, it is quite comical. But again, you kind of have to see it to believe it. Fucking huge. Anyway, um, you can jump on, by the way, if you are one of my Patreon supporters and you are around and uh, awake, because I know time zones are a big factor here. You can simply jump onto the Discord server, which will you will which will you God, what's up with me today? Not enough vodka, clearly. Uh, which you can have access to through my Patreon. Um, there'll be an exclusive Discord server. You can jump on there and you can actually participate live during the podcast, which I'm gonna check. Oh, like Stephen has. How are you doing, Steve? Hope you're doing well. Uh seems to have backfired on her, he says. Yeah, they I kind of when you see them, you kind of can't help but go, that can't be legit. But when you kind of read the story and she says, I'm doing it to show that people can be different, when you support such a thing like that, you find it a little bit more difficult to take the piss. I know this podcast is purely about taking the piss, <laughs> but um, it can be um, it can be quite tricky. So, yeah, here we go. Let's not judge a book by its cover. I mean, her eyebrows are ridiculous. I'm sorry. The looks, the look. They look like she's done it for not the reasons she suggests him. But each to their own. I mean, I, I won't go down that road. I was going to compare myself when I started shaving my hair off. Everyone thought I was ill. Um, I was only a young kid at the time. I was like, no, I just like a skinhead. And I did that completely to be different. But yeah, I think being different's all right, though. It's good being different. It's just I've got the horrible feeling she's doing that for a bit of clout, if I'm completely honest. Anyway, next story. Right, Jesus Christ. So, woman claims using semen on her face is the secret to her glowing skin. She's got glowing skin, apparently. What the hell's that when you're at home? Is that something only a woman would understand? What on earth is glowing skin? I don't know what you mean. Does that mean you light up like a carrot in the evening? I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> so, a woman says she's found a cheap and all-natural alternative to conventional face creams by slathering her face in semen. I've seen plenty of videos of this. Uh, you can see her talk about it here. No, thank you. Uh, the lady was first tempted to try using the bodily fluid after she saw a video online. Well, I've seen plenty of videos online and I've never wanted to chuck jizz on my face, but there we go. Each to their own. Um, apparently, it contains all kinds of nutrients and protein. That are all really good for the skin. Here we go, fellas. Take notes. <laughs> Don't worry, love. It's really good for your skin. You'll be glowing. <laughs> you'll smell like a fisherman's friend for a little bit till you have a shower. But you'll be glowing all the way to the shower when you do. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what 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 excuse have we got if we're just in their eye, though? That's a big one, isn't it? That's what she said. Yeah, well, you, we, need, we need to think of an excuse for that one. Because, yeah, you can cause all sorts of problems if you shoot them in their eye. <laughs> what has this podcast become? <laughs> I'm just thankful none of my family listen to this. Oh, God, that wouldn't surprise them, to be fair. So, anyway, um, she mixes the sea. Oh, God, she messes around with it. She mixes the semen with some moisturizer because it goes flaky as it dries. Ugh. Oh, I can't get that image out of my head now. Um, so she mixes it with some moisturizer. The 26-year-old said it's a cheap homemade alternative to otherwise expensive brands. 
Hmm. Okay. I keep it in a jar. She does. Keeps it in a jar in the fridge. I live alone. So oh, where are you getting your gins from then? I live alone, so no one will need to see it when they're making breakfast. Fucking Jesus. How graphic do you need to be about your fucking potages in the fridge? God, imagine slurping that down, mistaking it for a yakult. Oh! <laughs> I think your yakult's gone off, me love. Now, that, that, that's your jizz. You've just thought, oh, Jesus, what are you jarring it up for? Are you trying to get me up the fluff? I don't know. <laughs> so she keeps it in a jar in the fridge. Because, yeah, why why wouldn't you? Uh, I came across a video on TikTok. Here we go. TikTok again, look. Of this girl explaining how much nutrients and protein are hidden in semen. Um, yeah, she's been recommending that people slap it on facials. I'm single at the moment and called one of my friends. I bet you did. I called him on FaceTime and asked if he could give me some of his jizz. God, Jesus. What's the world coming to? He was like, what are you doing with it? I told him I was going, I told him what I was going to do. And he said I was crazy. See, I'd agree to that, but only if it could knock it up fresh over your face myself. Oi, oi. Got to be some perks in it for the bloke, haven't they? He, laughed, he laughed and said I was crazy. He came over and used my bathroom. I gave him a jar to put it in. Sounds like a real shit fucking sperm bank, if you ask me. I put it on my face. Left it to dry and then oh, I washed it off. <laughs> I mixed it with moisturizer because it goes as a weird smell. Mm. Um, he's not the healthiest person. Where are you getting your jizz from? Big Bob from down the road. Uh, Kelly, oh, I've mentioned it now. I've done it now. Kelly from New York uh, shared a video about her unusual beauty regime on TikTok. Doing it for the clap, then. But there is actually video footage of it, of a rubbing jizz on a face. I mean, there's plenty of videos like that online, let's be honest. Um, but there you go. You live you live and learn. Ah, Jesus. Anyway, uh, the next story reads, um, Doctors find a whole glass stuck in a rectum of a man after he accidentally swallowed it. My fucking... He swallowed it by his anus. There's no way he's fucking swallowed a whole fucking glass. Right, let's read it. So apparently it's graphic pictures, so I might be heaving a bit here, but let's go. Um, doctors were left baffled after finding a whole glass inside of a stomach of a 55-year-old man who claims that he swallowed the cup while drinking tea. Fuck off, he was jamming it up his ass. Uh, the patient was, admit, was admitted to hospital um, in India with constipation and severe abdominal pain. He underwent an ultrasound and x-ray in which the doctors located a serious disturbance in his intestines. Oh, God, there's an image. I don't think I want to see that. Uh, much to their shock, the, the disturbance turned out to be a whole glass. Doctors tried to remove the glass from the rectum within it, and whatever that word is, with a procedure, basically, but no, had no such luck. They had no choice but to operate on the man to finally remove it. Oh, Jesus. The embarrassed patient claimed he simply swallowed the glass while he was drinking his cup of tea, although doctors aren't convinced due to the food pipe being too narrow for the object to have passed all the way through. Uh, the doctor said about his team, the glass had got inside the body of the patient is still a mystery. It's not a mystery. He stuck it up his arse. Let's just be honest about it. He was having a jolly good time flicking his prostate and he stuck a fucking... Whatever fucking possessed him, he stuck a whole glass up his ass. That's what he did. It's not a mystery. I've solved it for you. Fuck Scooby-Doo. 
Fuck Columbo, I've sussed it. He stuck a glass up his arse. Thankfully, the patient is currently stable after his curious mishap. There's a picture of the x-ray. It looks fucking hilarious. It reminds me of Jackass when Ryan Dunn stuck a car up his arse, a toy car up his arse, and also like that. Um, so, yeah, don't stick things up your arse, especially if you can't get them back again. <laughs> what possesses someone? You just sat there. Let's just say you sat there. You got the arse to yourself, and you go, well, I've got five minutes here. At what point does your brain go, you see that glass over there with the orange juice, and you go, well, yeah. What you need to do is drink the orange. Okay. And then. Okay. And then. What are you going to do? Get to the point. Stick it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? If that's your thing, listen, if that's your bread and butter, if that's your jam, then jam it till you can't jam it no more. But do it with, there's plenty of toys out there. I'm sure of it that you can stick up your ass that are perfectly safe. But these people, oh, I fell over. I fell over in the Hoover fucking nozzle and went straight up my arse. What are the chances of that? Eh? Fucking none. That's the chances of that, you big old perp. You were jamming yourself up the arse with it, weren't you? That's the fucking truth. Let's not mince our words here. You're sticking that right up your arse and you got caught out. You didn't swallow it, you lunatic. So there we go. I've sussed it, doctor. You're welcome. The guy was jamming it up his backside. Anyway, so he's feeling embarrassed and made out he drank it or swallowed it when he was drinking. He didn't. We all know he didn't. Anyway, moving on to the next story. So, what the fucking hell? Woman with two vaginas says she uses one for work and one for personal life. Well, hang about. I need a minute here. Two vaginas. I'm just envisioning. No. How? What? It's just calling her shitbox a second vagina. She's she's mistaken. Anyway, bringing a whole new meaning to not mixing work with pleasure. This only fan star has shared what it's like to have two vaginas where she uses one professionally and the other for personal sex. Is anybody else as baffled as me here? So the adult content creator, who I won't name, didn't find out until the age of 20 that she'd been born with two vaginas and two wombs. What the fuck? I want to see it. Is that wrong of me? I want to see it. I want to investigate. Um, the 31-year-old from Queensland, Australia, Australia, began working in the sex industry after a relationship breakdown and made sure she kept one vagina for use in her work and the other... Where, where, did, where is the second vagina? Can I find it on the Google mappings? I don't know. I'm so confused. So she keeps one for work. Imagine that being a bloke with two cocks. Don't worry, love. That top cock's all yours. <laughs> that fucking bottom cock, though, it's a right slag. Can't control itself. It's shagging everything. All in the name of work, of course. Um, so she works an independent escort for about seven years, traveling around the world. I was able to use one vagina for work and one vagina for personal life. Which was made, I can't, I, I, am I alone here? Is anybody else as confused as me? After stopped doing that, she moved to OnlyFans and began creating adult content, which earns her a massive sum of money. Of course it does, especially with two fannies. She could actually say, do you know when you go, oh, I don't give two fucks? She can give two fucks, quite literally. And if you want to get real fucking perverty, you can have three fucks. What up the anus? Two in the vajayjays. Boom. It's like a fucking tricycle. Uh, er oh, we didn't even mention the name again then. But anyway, she puts her success, her success down to having two vaginas. 
but there are plenty of downfalls that we can think about due to having them. They include putting two ta- what two tampons in when she's on a period, having both vaginas tested for STDs when she visits the gynecologist, and even and even where her partner can ejaculate where they are. What when she yeah, and even where her partner can ejaculate when they are having sex. What? I don't know what you mean. So speaking about ejaculation, she explains, Theria retirodakalakulakulakuli, I could carry two babies at once if I wanted, but it would be hard for my body. So we have to be careful in case that... We have to be careful in that sense. My head is actually hurting me here. Sex in each vagina feels very, very different, and I prefer one side, but it depends on the position and shape of the guy. Is this legitimate? So, t- I'm, I need to stop. My head's killing me. Too funny. Fucking Jesus. Does that mean when it's a time of the month, she's twice as mental? <laughs> <laughs> Give her the food and leave. I need twice the food. Two fannies here I'm working with. Yeah, bastard. I hate you. <laughs> I love you, women. I'm only messing with you, but we all know you go a little bit psycho around that time in the month. But uh, uh, we like dealing with a two-eyed monster. Jesus, Jesus, I couldn't cope with that. Uh, so yeah, she's got two fannies, and I'm I've got a headache. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I, I don't Google it. Or do I? Shall I Google it? Shall I have a little Google? Two. I'm going to put fannies. That won't come up with very much, would it? Two vaginas. Do you mean two Virginias? No, I don't mean that. I mean exactly what you're confused about yourself there, Google. Vaginas. Two vaginas. Oh, my fucking life. It's. No. It looks like a yawning hippo. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. I didn't even know such a thing could exist. There we go. You live and learn, don't you? You learn something. Let's say you learn something new every day. Um, oh, fuck me. It honestly looks like a, a tired hippo. It looks like one's yawning. <laughs> Take that as you will. And the other one's... I'm not looking at this lady's... In particular, I'm looking at Google Image. Oh, that's a, that's got to be a curse. That's got to be a curse. Uh, could you imagine hooking up with a woman and she doesn't tell you that she's got two for JJs and then you just you're about to do your thing and you know you're all into it. Boom! I'm gonna get some and then you go down there and it's like <laughs> just looking back at you with two fucking fannies. Nightmare material. My goodness. I'm, I, I shouldn't be taking the piss, but my God. Steve said he wants to Google it too. Do. Do it, Steve. Do it. <laughs> Just make sure you're not eating. That's all I'm going to say. Make sure you've already ate. Because, yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty. I don't know if I can get used to that, if I'm honest. I get used to a lot of things. I don't think I can get used to that. I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. Not a fucking chance. No way. It's a little bit scary. I'm sorry. It's a little bit scary to look at. And I'm, I'm sorry that makes me sound very narrow-minded. Um, but it's a bit fucking scary. Anyway, 
Moving on to the next one. So, oh, here we go. Who won't say yes to this? So, company, here's the deadline. Company offers employees masturbation breaks with wank pods and VR. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, so, an open-minded company is offering its employees the opportunity to masturbate during working hours, and they've been ordered, and they've even ordered custom-built wank pods to help them out. Fucking hell, this sounds like my sort of place. Anyway, the unusual work perk has been introduced by a company called StripChat, an adult website and social network with 200 employees. So you could technically say 200 wankers. Located in the brand's Cyprus office, the four high-tech pods will be knitted out with masturbatory accessories uh, for an ultimate VR experience, complete with an Oculus Quest VR headset and 4K LED screen to watch the X-rated films. After their construction is complete, the custom pods will appear as large black spheres with a chair inside for the user to sit back and I relax. In addition, the pods will house lotion, lube, and of course, plenty of tissues. There we go. Lucky employees will get to enjoy a 30-minute break to masturbate during the working day. The company said it aims to provide current and attract new employees with a safe, comfortable space to rub one out. Oi, oi. I like it. <laughs> Stripchat is also offering companies the opportunity to lease out its pods for up to... Fi what? £50,000 for six months, including a VIP subscription to its platform. Fancy giving employees a new way to release tension? Then maybe this is it. My God. Wank pods. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see the day. The only thing is, I've got questions, and I don't know if this is me being a filthy, mucky boy, but, you know, after you think about it, if you've got a, a workforce of 200, which this company has, I don't know how I'd feel about going in there knowing that Crazy Barbara and Baggy Saggy Bob from down the down the corridor at work has also been in there doing the deed. I don't know how I'd feel about that. And I wonder, I also wonder, you after a while, no matter how clean you kept it, it'd start to stink in there a little bit. In the wank pod, as they're called. I don't know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fucking genius idea, especially if you're an adult company anyway. It's not complete. I mean, if you ever read that and it says Asda or Walmart were doing it, I'd be like, fucking hell. <laughs> Suddenly, I actually quite like the idea of a career at Asda. <laughs> Getting paid to rub one out, eh? Jesus Christ. But anyway, so yeah, what do you guys think about wank pods, eh? Jesus, would, would that be something we'd all do? Couldn't that just be like, it's like the same, don't they? Uh, within reason, the majority of us masturbate. We do. We enjoy a good rub. Um, now, if you could give yourself the other, without saying, I'm going to say, if you give yourself a blowy, blokes, would you do it? If you just, if humans were designed that way, where you could get to it, and there was no hoopla around it, you could just get down to it, give yourself a gobble, gobble, and get on with your day, we'd all be doing it, wouldn't we? So like, like when you see a cat licking its ass, and you go, fucking now, look at him, not thinking he's, rules the fucking rooster licking his ass at me. But if we could do it, we'd all be doing it. And it wouldn't be, it'd be exactly the same as having a wank, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. But I don't know if that would be, if, if eventually, futuristic me, in the year 2042, let's say, there's wank pods everywhere. You <laughs> just imagine, is this just something that's going to become the norm? Or is this just completely mental? I don't know. I'm quite intrigued. 
Um, I'm quite intrigued. Um, it's it's quite a funny one that is. Uh, watch where you sit; it could turn into a sticky situation," says Steve. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? It's like you've just got to hope that big old sweaty Bob, after he's finished rubbing his nuts, is going to wipe the seat at the very least. Don't you go to the gym? <laughs> And someone doesn't wipe down the equipment very well. And you get on it and you can kind of feel where they've been. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> Imagine that. You go, that's it. It's wanky time. Your trousers come off and your fucking cold cheeks sit down on that cold leather. And then all of a sudden, you've got a little splatter of, blobs, of Bob's blob juice on you. <laughs> I don't know. Might put me off a little bit, actually. <laughs> I don't think I like the idea of this after all. Oh, God. Oh, dear. The world's gone mad. Anyway, the last story for this week before we move on to the Agony Aunt stuff is... Um, you going to load? There we go. Sorry, it was been a bit slow there. So a businessman named Mr. D... But that's not his real name. Mr. D spends £200 a month on dirty socks but claims it's completely normal. I'm sorry, Mr. D. This isn't completely normal. <laughs> the 33-year-old businessman admits he puts money aside every month so he can satisfy his fetish for sniffing and sometimes even tasting women's used socks. Well, I was d- disappointed there because I've got loads of dirty socks I could sell him. I'd even do it at like £2 a pair. Save you a fortune. Absolute fortune. <laughs> so a businessman has confessed he spends £200 a month buying dirty socks and looking for footage of filthy feet online. The 33-year-old from Hull insists he's a normal guy, really, and there's nothing too seedy about it. The foot fetish enthusiast, who refers to himself anonymously as Mr. D, um, why don't he call himself Mr. T? And I can just read like, I like these socks, you crazy fool. <laughs> Uh, says he spends hundreds of pounds each month on unwashed socks. He explained he has a great f- he has a great fetish for buying and sniffing smelly socks and admiring filthy feet. Oh, look at your feet, the filthy! Uh, Mr. D told the media he messages people online, offering them the opportunity to make some real cash for their dirty items. Jesus. He admits he even puts money aside so he can treat himself to a pair of dirty socks on or tights. <laughs> ah, how the other half live. Um, usually he buys the socks in bundles via a PayPal transfer. Uh, where do I meet this guy? I reckon I can talk him into some bloke socks, you know. Um, but yeah, he transfers money by PayPal. Uh Four or five individual socks for forty pan, or a video of your feet for thirty. <laughs> I love it. It's crazy. Uh, he said the price depends on the individual he's in, interacting with, and admitted he could pay up to sixty to seventy pan for the real special people or celebrities. Oh, there's no celebrities doing this, surely. But adds that it's strictly women's feet. Oh, wow, that's me out of it, and isn't it? Do you reckon I'll get away with it? Hello, I've heard you like smelly socks. My name's Francesca, and I've got six pairs of smelly socks. I'll do you buy two, get one free. So you get three for the price of two. But technically, you're getting six because there's two free, there's three pairs of six socks altogether. 
That'll be just forty pounds, please. Cheers, mate. <laughs> so Mr. D says he targets women aged twenty-one to thirty-eight years of age. I hope. I don't mean he, he tracks them down for that long. Fucking hell, it's a long fucking hobby to have. Uh, he finds them attractive. And he knows they will have elegant feet. Fuck me. That's one thing most people in the world haven't got is elegant feet. I can assure you, I fucking hate feet. Horrible. Explaining what he does with them, uh, he says, I'm just going, I'm just doing it to purely satisfy my kink on the side. Well, obviously, I won't tell you, you know, what part. He's basically putting your, I'll tell you, listen, drop Scooby-Doo, I'll tell you what he does right, ladies. He buys the socks off you for 20, 30, 40 pounds. He gets them home. He opens them. He has a good sniff. And then what is he? He rolls them up like condoms and he wears them. He wears them like a sheath. <laughs> he wears them. And he's like, oh, yes. That's dirty Rachel's sock. I got that one on a really good deal. <laughs> he wears them like a fucking condom. The Connie sock. That's what he does. Uh, he likes to smell them as well. He puts them in his mouth for the taste. That's enough for that for me. Thank you very much. Mr. D's a dirty rascal. We'll all agree. Let's start the hashtag. Mr. D's a dirty rascal. Jesus. But listen, if the price is right, you can have my socks. I'll tuck me willing and everything. He'll love it. He'll love it. Francesca, here I come. Woo! How <laughs> the other half live, though, eh? Anyway. Now we're moving on to the funny stuff, the extra, extra funny stuff. This is the Agony Aunts bits of the podcast. So if you're new here, this is the bit where we basically, um, I go around searching the internet for funny, well, not funny, but I try and get them a bit rude and a bit uh, PG, if you will, uh, for Agony Aunts stories. And I read them as, almost as if they've written to me. Now, just to be very clear, nobody has ever written to me for relationship advice, and rightfully so. I'll tell you all kinds of crazy things to do. Don't listen to me. I don't even listen to myself, so definitely don't listen to me. But here we go. We're going to move on to the Agony Aunt stuff. So everybody, let's welcome back uh, Dear Debbie Downer. So the first one reads, Dear Debbie Downer, getting intimate with my boyfriend is like having sex with a jackhammer. Make of that what you will, people. Shall I just leave it there? <laughs> He is considerate in every way, except when it comes to the bedroom. Um, he cooks delicious meals, respects my feelings, and opinions and are included in everything that we do. But when it comes to the sexy time, the bang, bang, banging bit, he's bloody awful. That's what she actually said as well. That's his feelings. I'm 27, and he is 29. We have been together for three months and our sex life is such a disappointment. Oh, the worst part is he seems completely unaware. I don't think he has heard of foreplay. He has a little <laughs> he has a little fiddle and then simply jams it in. <laughs> then straight away he goes like the clappers and orgasms far too quickly. Sometimes I take over. <laughs> Sometimes I take over and I feel like I managed to fix the issue, but he quickly takes control again. How on earth do I make him... How on earth do I talk to him without completely destroying his confidence? Jesus. Well, you don't. You just live with it. You just take it. Then five minutes of bang, bang, banging. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Let's see what the agony aunt said. 
So, Debbie Downer says, it can feel awkward talking about sex, especially when things aren't going as way as the way as way as fucking Jesus. I need, listen, I need to start drinking on the podcast, getting drunk just to lighten up my bloody, my lingo here. It can feel awkward talking about sex, especially when things aren't going as you like. But the only way to sort this out is by communication. This is a conversation to be had outside of the bedroom when you are both in a calm and calm environment. Um, Simply explain you would like to slow down the foreplay to ensure you are both ready so you can enjoy and savour the moment. Maybe suggest a session where you are the boss. Oh, don't do that. You'll regret that. And you can tell him what you'd like to do. Oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. Can you imagine? Right, I'm ready. Tell me what you want from me. Well, first, you can do the fucking washing, you lazy bastard. Then the garden needs doing. You've done fuck all. Go and wash them. Get some fucking shopping in. No, don't do that. Don't let her be the boss. It'll never work. Anyway, um, I'm sending you a support pack. Stick your fucking support pack up your arse. Sorry about that. I'm a bit passionate about those support packs. She loves giving people leaflets. She's like a Jehovah's Witness. Knocks your door. Can I talk to you about Jesus? No. <laughs> Would you like a leaflet to think on? No. I wouldn't like a leaflet. I'd rather you not knock on my fucking door, to be honest. Jesus. And that is saying Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she loves chucking leaflets at people. Um, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I don't like it. Anyway, that's the first one. Uh, the next one reads, um, where are we? Oh, here we go. Dear Debbie Downer, I feel sick even writing this, but my husband has admitted he, yes, he, that bastard husband of mine, fantasizes about sex with my mum. Oh, this has Jerry Springer vibes all over it. This still is. Can you remember Jerry Springer? Is he still a thing in the US, by the way? Is he still going? I used to love Jerry Springer. Take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> um. So finding out that he thinks my mother, he thinks of my mother while he masturbates, oh God, Jesus, has rocked my marriage and destroyed our sex life. Until he told me about this a week ago, we were happily married. I'm 38 and he's 43 and we've been together for 10 years. Last week in bed, pick your places, sunshine. Last week in bed, we thought it would be a good idea to spice things up and talk about our fantasies. We agreed to discuss what really turns us on. Oh, I like the idea of this conversation. Let's have this conversation. Shall we talk about it, Doc? What we're we talking about? Well, I was thinking about talking about what turns us on, you know, in between the sheets. Oh, okay. Go on then. Let's do it. You want to go first? Uh, mine's pretty tame. I'll let you go first. No, no, no. You go first. It'll break the ice. Okay, so where do I start? So I dream about bending your mum over our counting top in the kitchen and boning her dry and making her a cum bucket. Think about it all the time, especially when I'm rubbing one out. Now it's your turn. I thought we could use some handcuffs. <laughs> oh, dear. You've done it. You've spoiled it now, Sonny Jim. <laughs> I went first. Oh, she did. She went. I went first and told him my fancy was to have sex on the beach at night, and that if I could have sex with anyone, 
I would choose Bradley Cooper. Who is Bradley Cooper? The lucky, lucky man, Bradley. Bradley Cooper. I'm terrible with celebrities. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, according to the Wiki Wikipedia, is an American actor and filmmaker. He is a re recipient of various accolades, including a British... I don't care what awards is one. He's the guy that sang What's It with Lady Gaga, isn't he? Tell me something, girl. Are you tired of this modern world? Yeah, he sang that. I like that song. It's a good one. Sick of hearing it because the wife plays it continuously. I think she's trying to tell me something, but... Um, Ah, it's a good song. Good song. I'm all about it. Um, then I asked him about his fantasies. He was quite uh, he was quite resistant. I'm not fucking surprised. But I pushed him and I said, tell me, tell me now, damn you. I went first. It's only fair. It's your turn. And he turned around and eventually admitted that when he touches about himself, he thinks about my mum. So, yeah, when he touches himself, he thinks about people he knows. Some of them, my friends. Fucking hell, not just your mum then. And work colleagues and even some relatives. Then, to my horror, bam, 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 he said, Sometimes when I'm doing the deed, I think about your mum. She's a real MILF. <laughs> Since then, I can barely look him in the eye, let alone let him touch me, the dirty bastard. I'm paranoid wondering how long he's been fantasizing about my mum, who's 61. I keep wondering whether he's even ever secretly flirted with her and if it's really and if it's really her that he wants and not me. One thing I'm certain of, I can't ever let him meet her again. Fucking hell. Um, there will be no more family Christmases and no more parties. He thinks I'm overreacting. I don't think you fucking are. But I can't get past this. Whatever will I do? Fucking hell. Run for the hills. Um, I don't know. Steve. Let's call on Steve. If you want to know who Steve is, by the way, he's one on Patreon support. He's actually in the chat. Um, Steve, what would you do? Let's just put yourself in the women's shoes. Um, and you were talking to your husband. And you went, here's my fantasy, Sonny Jim. What about you? What do you like? And he says, I want to bear back your mum. How would... <laughs> It doesn't even sound real, does it? Uh, yeah, sounds crazy. Going back to the Jerry Springer thing, though. Springer is on, but only returns now. On now he knows he has a people's court type of show. Oh, he's going to like Judge Judy now, has he? Oh, God, Jesus. Can you imagine that? Oh, I've got to see that. I bet that's cool. Um, and he's keeping completely neutral on what you'd do with that story as well. Can't fault you there, mate. Let's see what the agony aunt says. Um, <laughs> While it's a good idea that your husband can discuss things so openly, it's not that fucking good. Uh, this sounds like a case of too much information and too much honesty. He told you about something, but he'd have better, he'd have been better off uh, not saying anything at all. Yeah, a bit like the Ronan Keating song. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Wow, 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 wow. Um, he's told you something. That's hurt your feelings, and understandably so. It has since disturbed you. Uh, while he can't take it back, you can try to deal with it and, and its impact together. All right, it's getting a bit too serious, this is. I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, I wouldn't want him near my mother. <laughs> no alone time with mum. Absolutely. Especially if the bloody uh, mum's a bit of a rogue as well. We've all, we all know some rogue mums out there, don't we? <laughs> 
<laughs> jump on anything. Oh, hey, right, mate, mate, how you doing? <laughs> oh, hello, darling. Yeah, there's definitely a couple of them in this area anyway. But yeah, the only thing is the Agony Aunt didn't throw a leaf at him, so that's pretty good. Um, moving on to the next one of this week. This is the second to last one. So let's hope it's another good one. So, dear Debbie Downer, should I reach out to my old school teacher and apologise for something I said four years ago? Yes, you should. Yes, I don't know what you've even said yet, but yes, you should. You should always try and right a few wrongs that you've done in your life. So during my time at school, there was one teacher I didn't get along with all too well. I know that story. Um, he taught maths and every week he'd make the same comment. If you weren't so lazy, you might have a chance of passing. But I worked as hard as I could at that time. Three years after I left school, I was invited back to talk to students about applying to university. I was in my first year at the time studying engineering. My old maths teacher came, not, not like that, uh, my old maths teacher came over to congratulate me on my, my great success. I refused to shake his hand and said, no thanks to you. Um, I'm 23 now and still feel guilty about what I said. I tend to overthink things anyway, but this is really bothering me. I found him on social media. Uh, should I send him an apology? Um, I, yeah. Well, it depends if you're sorry about it, doesn't it, really? I went to a school called Noel Baker, um, which was obviously local to, it's still quite local to me now, actually. And I wasn't a bad kid, to be fair. But our, um, my, um, what, what's it called? My teacher that like looked after our, our class, she was a busybody. Lo she was lovely, but she was always busy. You can never bounce anything off of her. Because she's always rushed and always running about like... She's a bit like the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. She was just darting around everywhere. I'm, I'm late, I'm late, I'm busy, I'm busy. And some of the kids really took advantage of that. And there was one time where I felt really bad where um, we locked her in a cupboard. I know this, it sounds really fucking horrible now I'm older. But she went in this like cupboard to get some books out. And the naughty kid locked her in there. Um, and I didn't, I didn't participate in actually locking her in. But I didn't do anything to get her out either. And she was banging like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And everyone was laughing. I can't say I was laughing. I was a bit like, what the hell do I do? Um, and no one did anything for about five minutes. Then we finally let her out and she cried. She literally cried her eyes out. And I felt so fucking bad. Um, again, just because I didn't do anything to stop it, you know. Um, and years and years, I was like you. I'm talking like you've actually written to me. But I was like this guy here. And it bothered me for a long time. It really did. And as I got older... And as I became a parent and a lot more sensible, like I couldn't get it out of my head. It was just constantly in my head. And I thought, I've got to kind of, I've got to apologize or at least say, I'm really sorry for what happened to you back there. I wish I'd done more to stop it sort of thing. And I found out when I went looking for her that she'd passed away. And it fucking bothered me something crazy. I was like, damn, I really wish is it... I'm not that sort of person, you know. I'm just, I'd like to look out for people. I'd like to do the best for people that I can. Um, and yeah, it made me feel absolutely shit. It really did. And um, yeah, unfortunately, she passed away. So there is such a thing called heaven up there. And I assume you are busily tidying up or doing something up there, miss. I won't say your name for respectful reasons, but I apologize if you can somehow magically hear me from heaven. 
uh, for not doing more that day because I really felt guilty about that. And believe me, I still carry it with me to this day. So to go back to the story, if you are genuinely sorry for how you acted, then yeah, you should absolutely apologize. It's, you, you'll, you'll meet people in life that really struggle to apologize. And I don't get it. I don't understand people that are like that. Um, I'm not kind of like playing it down, but there's just some people you could literally caught red-handed doing something and they just won't apologize. They'll just go, oh, and they'll just talk the way out of it almost. They won't, they'll, they'll kind of apologize with the words they say, but they won't give you a direct, I'm sorry, I fucked up. They just don't do it. It's like never in a million years would I ever say that. And it's like, I'm the opposite. If some, If I upset somebody purposely or unintentionally, and I can see my actions have had a negative effect on somebody, I will go out my way to apologize. You know, I will go out. It's not just saying sorry for saying sorry either. I will go out my way to apologize. I really will. I, I like a peaceful life. I really do. And I think it's good if you can bring a smile to somebody's face rather than a frown. I really do. So yes, I know you haven't written to me, but yes, you probably should apologize. And that's what I'm going to say on that story. There we go. <laughs> right, moving on to the last story of this week before we wrap things up for this week. So the last one reads, Dear Debbie Downer, my girlfriend has turned to porn because she's annoyed and frustrated by my poor performance in the bedroom. I have been having some erection problems. Uh, I am scared that I disappoint her even though i try to please her sexually with toys my my hands and oral sex she likes watching extreme porn with men much larger than me which is affecting my confidence she's also into bdsm what did that mean again was it bondage or something b d s m meaning have a look Bondage, discipline, and sadism, and machoism. Yeah, that. It means that big word there. Um, and she wants to try it out. I'm happy to experiment with some milder elements, but she wants to properly hurt me. She's probably fucking sick of you. <laughs> Get here, you little bastard. <laughs> the thought of this turns my stomach, and I, and I can't do it because I'm scared. Uh, if I don't do it, though, she says she'll find another man to help her with her fantasies. Well, let her fuck off then. I'm 39 and my girlfriend is 37. We've been together for 12 years and have two girls aged nine and seven. Um, wow. She sounds like a right rogue one. <laughs> she had those rogue mums I was talking about in the last story. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, it's a bit, it's a bit sad though, really, that the person is willing to like leave, well, not leave you, but go find somebody else to live out her fantasies, especially when you're trying your bloody best. It's like, what do you want from me, Roger? I to really try my best. It's not enough for you. What do you want? He's trying his best, and I bet his erection problems are through pure bloody fear. Anyway, what did the agony aunt say? I'm very concerned for you. Your girlfriend sounds extremely abusive. This is not the behavior of someone in a loving relationship. Sex must always be consensual. Don't give in to her emotional blackmail. Your erection problems are likely to be by the way she treats you rather than anything being physically wrong. Nobody, and I fucking mean nobody, 
should feel pressured into doing anything they don't want to in the bedroom. Do you know what, Agony Aunt? I agree with you. Well done. Well said. Do you know what I like about this? She put it how it is. She put it how it is. Because if you switch that around, and let's say I read that from a woman's perspective about a bloke wanting to do all these crazy fucked up things to her in the bedroom, and she weren't game about it, everyone would be like, he's a monster. He's a fucking monster. Get away. Get away from him. You deserve better, girlfriend. And rightfully bloody so as well. But um, yeah. Yeah, run for the fucking hills is my suggestion with that one. Run for the hills and never look back. And there we have it. I think we've actually come to the close of this podcast. It's been so much fun as always. Uh, a huge shout out to my Patreon supporters. Uh, the real MVPs of this podcast and everything Frankie related. You guys are the peanut butter to my jelly. And I love you all dearly. Steve from the Patreon team, thank you so much for being in. It's been a pleasure having you here, my friend. Um, you've become quite a familiar face on the lives, and I really like it. So thank you for being here, my mate. Um, huge thanks once again to everybody who listens. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Again, just to kind of echo over what I spoke about at the very beginning. If you do have the means to support people that need it right now, then you'll find all the relevant information below. And hopefully, collectively, we can make a little bit of a difference to a really big problem. But a huge thank you to everybody. Big love to you all. Again, anything podcast podcast What the hell is a podcast? Anything podcast related, you can reach me on outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. One more time, that is outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. I am calling for your feedback like never before. Reach out. Let's have a chat. Let's have a little talky-talky. Anyway, until next time, everybody. That'll do. Toodly do for now. Woohoo!